You know, there's a, there's a lot of people that believe that the time for miracles is gone um, and that God doesn't speak to his people anymore. That when the, the last apostle died, that, you know, you know, God shut his phone off. And he didn't. He still speaks. And, he, and uh, I've seen too many miracles to discount them. Um, but here's what I'm learning. When we do things God's way, things get miraculous. That's just how that works. So we're going to finish up this series today. And yes, uh, that's an that's a energy drink on my... <laughs> You're laughing now. Um, you may not shortly. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to finish up this series today with a message, uh, this Life, Money, Hope series with a message called An Eternal Principle. That'll make more sense shortly. But what I'd love for you to do now is just give attention to this passage that we've talked to you about over the last few weeks. It's Haggai 1. Chapter, excuse me, chapter 1, verses 5 to 7. Now pay attention. Here it goes. Now this is what the Lord God Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Give careful thought. In other words, stop. Listen to yourself. Pay attention to what you're doing. Give careful thought to your ways. You've planted much but harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes but are not warm. Look here. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Pay attention. And I'm going to ask you to do the same thing today. I want you to pay attention. Um, you know, when we get into this message, it's going to be obvious, especially for you guys that have been around the church. You, you're going to say, oh, I've heard this and heard this and heard this and heard this. So I'm just going to, you know, zone out and play, you know, golf clash on my phone today. I'm, I'm going to tell you, you'll be cheating yourself if you do that. Because I genuinely believe that, that, I, that the Lord is going to speak to your hearts today. Um, we, talk, we started this process three weeks ago. And, and in week one, we talked about living life outside the box. And we said that outside the box was abundant life. And that we need to live our lives not just the wise way. How many know we need to live the wise, right? We need to do things the wise way, right? The, the wise way. The wise way. Right? But we need to do things God's way. We need to go a step beyond wise and do things God's way. And then two weeks ago, we talked about how that God had a way of getting those who follow him out of the dark places of debt and depression and all of those things. And we should follow God's way out because God's way works. How I many would agree that, that God's way works? And then last week, we talked... We learned that the same God that spoke the worlds into existence, the heavens and the universes, uh, can speak hope into your life. And you know, I got more comments, more text messages on that message last week than I did any of the other two. And, and here's what we're learning is that, that hope has a name and his name is Jesus. And the hope he brings isn't just wishful thinking. It's a confident hope. And we are confident that God's Way works. Here we go. You love me? Hang on. First Timothy chapter 6 starts out with these. These are, these are 
pastoral letters. In other words, Paul wrote these letters to pastors to pass stuff on to the churches they pastored. And here's the first thing he said in, ver in, in verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present world. In other words, I'm going to teach. I want you to teach the rich people in your church some stuff. And so I'm going to tell you, and I told you in week one, you're rich. You're wealthy. You're among the wealthiest people that have ever lived on this planet. And you're like, Brother Dwayne, it just don't feel like it. It just don't, I don't feel rich. Well, let me just, just throw a couple things at you. I, I told you this week one, but it's, it's important. That the average household income for the world, $9,700 a year. $9,700 a year. That if you make $33,500 a year, you're in the top 5% of the wage earners on the planet. If you make $45,000, you're in the 1%. The top 1% in the world sure doesn't feel like I'm rich. It's because your comparison's wrong. See, you're not comparing yourself to the rest of the world. You're comparing yourself to everybody else in your subdivision. Everybody else in the carpool line. And we got to, how many know we got to broaden our perspective? You are rich. And, and, and lest you think I'm just, I'm just talking about money jesus said it this way or, or paul said it this way you know the generous grace of our lord jesus this is second corinthians chapter eight though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor so that his poverty so that by his poverty he could make you rich and how many know he's not just talking about greenbacks but here's the problem we live in the richest country in the world and it's jaded our perspective on how rich we are we call them first world problems can we talk about a few of them I only have one bar on my smartphone. I don't get 5G at my house. Right? I, I bet you said this. I filled up on bread and I don't have room for dessert. Yeah. Uh, I, I hate to admit it, but I, I, I said this. My 55-inch LCD screen isn't a smart TV. That's a, that's a first-world problem. I wonder if any of you have ever said, have ever stood in front of a closet packed with clothes and said, I have nothing to wear. That's definitely a first-world rich people problem, isn't it? Has this ever happened? I don't have room in my refrigerator to, bring, to put all the groceries I just brought home. Definitely a first world rich people problem. I can't fast forward through these commercials. That's definitely a rich people first world problem. I have Prime, but Amazon can't get it here for three days. Can I be just completely transparent? I, I caught myself doing this last night not amazon all right so so i i had to do some work to my truck okay now i'm, I'm just going to tell you the truck i drive now for some of y'all it you would you would think there's nothing special about it but for me it's the nicest truck i ever had 
You know, it's got all kinds of little bells and whistles, and I like it. Well, the, the moonroof broke, and so I've been in the process of replacing that and fixing that because I didn't want to pay somebody else to do it. Anybody else like that, you don't want to do, you don't want to pay somebody to do something you might be able to do, and sometimes you create more problems than you solve. Okay. Well, well here's the thing. It, it's got it all back together, and it's working fine, except for one thing. The, the one-touch close button isn't working properly. And I called Mikey, and I'm like, please tell me y'all got a sunroof expert out there at Loganville Ford. He's like, yeah, we do. And I, was, and I told him what was happening. He went, Dad, stop. And I was like, but the, I got to bump it closed. And he said, Dad, stop. See, those are first world rich people problems. Come on, somebody. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says, you'll be made rich in every way so that you can become generous on every occasion. In every way, on every occasion. In every way, on every occasion. Now, let me, let me just toss a little bad theology at you. There's, I'm, I'm going to give you two pendulum swings for bad theology. You ready? The, the first pendulum is called asceticism. And, and, and there's a lot of people that believe that the way I get close to God and the way I make God really happy is being dirt poor and, and taking a vow of poverty and just living on the bare minimum, All right? And then there's another swing to that pendulum, and it's called the prosperity gospel. And here's what that means. That means God wants me wealthy so I can have, everybody ought to have a million-dollar house. Everybody ought to drive a Lexus. Everybody ought to have a cement pond in their backyard. Who gets that reference? Just let me see. Okay. I know I'm getting old, so I just want to make sure. Everybody ought to be wealthy. And oh, by the way, it also teaches that nobody should ever get sick. They got real quiet about a year ago. I'm just throwing that out there. And how many know that God, that God prospers us? Let me say it like this. God doesn't prosper us. God doesn't prosper us so we can be prosperous. God prospers us so we can be generous. But here's what happens. And, and this is proven statistically all across our nation. The more we make, the less we give. Why does it work that way? The more we, the, the more we have at our disposable, the, the disposal, the less generous we become. Here's, here's what I want you to write down. God blesses me with more than I need so I can be a blessing. If even one of those first world problems that we talked about resonated at all with you, you've got more than you need. We all have more than we need. Can we just, can we just, just agree on that one thing? We've all got more than we need. If we, did not, if we didn't have more than we would need, there wouldn't be a weight problem in the United States. Come on, Right? 1 Timothy chapter 6, I started reading, let's, let's finish. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. How many know that to be true? But to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. How many know God wants you, that, that it's okay to have nice stuff. It's okay to have a nice vehicle. It's okay to not have a nice home. But that's not where your hope is. That's what we talked about last week. 
Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. And that's, what I'm, that's where I'm at today. I want to talk to you about a generous spirit. I want to talk to you about sharing what God has given you. I'm going to talk about intentional generosity. Second Corinthians talked about, oh, by the way, I'm going to throw a lot of scripture at you today because I don't want you to think this is my idea. You with me? I don't want you to think, oh, Dwayne just, you know, they got some project at the church and he's trying to, you know, raise money. Don't look at me right here. Don't insult me like that. I'm, I'm trying my best today to teach you what I firmly believe to be God's biblical plan. And it's an eternal principle. And I hope you see that today. Here's what 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, here's the part I want you to, under, to grab onto. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. What you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So here's what we're going to do over the next few minutes is we're going to answer this question, how do I decide? How do I decide what to give, how to give, who to give, how do, I, how, do I, how do I decide? And we're going to answer that question with four other questions. You, you, ever, you ever answer a question with a question? They'd say that that's rude, but I do it all the time. The only thing worse than that is the person that asks his own, answers his own question. Do I like this restaurant? Yes, I do. Will I come back? Probably so. We're going to... Answer our question with four questions, all right? Here we go. The first question we're going to respond to is the relationship question. Who will I commit to relationally? And here's what I know about you. You are more generous. The closer your relationship is, the more generous you are. In other words, some of you have paid for your children's college. You probably won't pay for my children's college or my grandchild's college. You with me? Some of you have paid your mortgage this month. You're probably not going to pay mine. We are more generous. The closer we are in relationship with something or someone, the more generous we are to that something or someone. And I'm going to tell you that you ought to have a co covenant relationship with the church you serve. You ought to have a covenant relationship with the church you serve and here's here's the challenge that that we found starting about this time last year is and you've seen it there are if you scroll through your facebook right now there's 111 million churches having that are live streaming their service right now and it's so easy to get bored with this one and go to the next one and get bored with this one and go to the next one and think well i wonder what this guy's saying i wonder what this church is doing and and so we have all of this experience with churches but we're not in covenant relationship with them here's what we i think that's like having a long distance relationship with god see i'm i'm a little old school in this I think you ought to have a church, and I think you ought to be plugged into it. Oh, and here's how old school I am. God said it. Psalm 92 says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. So you know what that tells me? Is that we ought to, we ought to be planted. You, 
And, and listen, planted means when Dwayne says something that ticks you off, you don't go find another church next week. You laugh, but it happens. A covenant planting means this is the house that I've that I serve. This is a house where I worship. And, and listen, it's not perfect, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work to make it better. I'm, I'm going to try to uh, serve as best I can, and I'm going to have a covenant relationship. It is, it's a lot easier to be generous to a church that you're connected to. Right? So that's, that's the relationship question. Here's a, an important question. This is the difference, difference question. Will it make an eternal difference? How many of you, you know, I've read that passage in Haggai a few times. How many of you ever felt that way, that you earn money just to put it in a purse with holes in it? In other words, you, you, at the end of the month, you go, where to go? That's a, that's a horrible feeling. It's a horrible feeling to feel like you earn a good living and got nothing to show for it. I think, I think part of that, maybe not all of that, I think, I think some of that is, we're not, we're not prudent with our budget, you know. We're going to talk about that when we do our Dave Ramsey class here in a little while. But I think some of it is because we're investing in temporal, temporary, superficial, really doesn't mean much in the end of the day things. Now, listen, I, I, I'm not the guy that's going to try to tell you if it's fun, you don't need to spend money on it because that's... I would be talking to myself. What I'm trying to tell you is you need to find some place to invest some resources into something that will make a difference forever and forever and forever. And listen, I've been on this earth almost 55 years, and here's what I know. Nothing makes an eternal difference like the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's just truth. Does it make an eternal difference. <laughs> and now, we're, we're going to land on question three for a little while. Is that all right? We're going to ask the scripture question. Is there a biblical principle? Now, people talk about, now, every time I do this, every time I talk about tithes and offerings, I, I like to get, I, I go on a little YouTube rabbit trail. Because if you if you try hard enough, you can find a YouTube video about anything, right? And, and I, I came across this um, debate from the U.K. where there was a pastor and a, uh, well, there were two pastors, and one was a, a firm believer in the principle of the tithe, and he believed that that was God's plan for his people. And the other guy said, nope, 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 that was all under the law, and you don't need to do that. And what, what the one guy was, was talking about, he kept using the word principle, principle, principle. Now, I thought it would be good for me to define the difference between a commandment and a principle, all right? A commandment prevents punishment, okay? In other words, um, honor your father and mother that you don't die early. That, isn't that what it says? Honor your father and mother that your days may be long upon the earth. And that's one of the big ten commandments okay a principle evokes blessing and what i'm going to talk to you about today is an eternal principle in the word of god 
and what I believe will be an eternal principle when we all get to heaven. And you're going to say, Dwayne, how can we, how can we give an offering in a heaven when Read your book of Revelation that says that there will come a day when we'll take the crown off our head and lay him at his feet. See, I believe what I'm going to talk to you about today is an eternal principle. And here's, here's the principle. You ready? When God is first, everything else is in order. In whatever part of your life you're talking about, when God is first, everything else is in order. When God is first... Everything else is in order. And when God isn't first, I don't care how good it looks on paper, it's, it's, not, it's not best. So here's my question. And oh, by the way, just in case you wonder, um, if, if God isn't first in your life, whether we're talking about your, your heart, your finances, if God isn't first in your life, I, I get that and I understand that. And, and listen, you have that choice. But just because he's not first in your life doesn't mean, just because he's not first in your world doesn't mean he's not first in the world. He is supreme above all things. And, and you can choose to align yourself under the supreme God of the universe or not. And, and I told them in the, in the prayer room, I didn't want to deliver this from a perspective of arrogance because I, I have shifted. When we first planted our church, I didn't like talking about tithes and offerings because I didn't want to be the guy that talked about tithes and offerings all the time. But I'm going to tell you now that I believe in this so passionately that, that I intentionally don't talk about it all the time. So when I do get up here and say, this is God's plan, you'll listen. So, what's, when I use the word tithe, what does that mean? A, a tenth. Is, is that what it means? Are you sure that that's what it means? You're like, I'm, I'm not going to say anything now. Because I, I, that's not what it means. Got your attention now, don't I? Tithe's not 10%. You don't have a blank for this, but you need to write it down. The tithe is the first 10%. All throughout Scripture, from Genesis to the maps, God asked for the first lamb, the first grain. He asked for the first. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions, uh-oh, and with the first fruits of all your increase that's income honor the lord with the first fruits of all your increase so your barns will be filled with plenty your vats will overflow with new with new wine here's the part i, I need you to hear from me from a heart of I want you to know I'm, I'm authentic in what I'm getting ready to tell you. I, I didn't invent this. This, you know, a bunch of preachers didn't get, get together and go, hey, how can we drum up some, you know, revenue? And oh, by the way, God didn't go, hmm, I wonder how we can finance the work of the local church. 
I don't know how we're going to do it. Oh, here we do. We'll, we'll, we'll get all the church members to give a tithe. No. Does God need anything you have? No. God doesn't need anything. But if you read Malachi chapter 3 very carefully, he says that I'll do this for your sake. See, we don't, this is not something God instituted to help him. He instituted this to get you and I in line. Because I want to tell you what the principle of the tithe will teach you to do. It'll teach you to live on what you make. It'll, it'll teach you to want to get out of debt. It'll teach you to uh, trust. It'll teach you to have faith. Let me just throw a couple passages at you. Leviticus chapter 27 says, Every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. Who's it belong to? The church? Pastor Dwayne? It is the Lord's. Exodus chapter 23, The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring. I told you that for a reason. You shall bring into the house of the Lord. Malachi chapter 3 says, bring, everybody say bring, all the tithes into the storehouse so that there'll be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I'll open up the windows of heaven and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try me, put me to the test. Test me. It's the only place in all of scripture where God said, test me. Only place. So write this down. You don't offer your tithe. You bring it. What, what, what do you mean, Dwayne? Can I just get real and just blunt with you? It, it ain't yours to offer. You bring it. Let me, let me see if I can explain this to you. And I'm going to do this by presenting someone with a gift. Anybody likes gifts? <laughs> Who likes gifts? Come on. I'm going to present somebody with a gift. And because I told you you're more generous with those that you're in covenant relationship with, right? Didn't I? So I'm going to give this to my son, Mikey. I'm going to present him with a gift, with an offering, if you will. And I know for a fact that he can use this. So I'm going to give Mikey this offering, this present, this gift. So why don't you open it in front of everybody? So, can you use these tools? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you're, you're welcome, and I want you to take this offering and, uh, and just be blessed, okay? Can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. you, you look funny. Why, why do you, you don't look like you're not receiving this offering very well. Why is that? Th th these were already mine. Those were already <laughs> yours. So... Well, I was working on my truck. You, you brought those by my house and left them for me and so I'd, I could use them. But now I'm, I'm, I'm offering them back to you as a, as a sacrifice. You're very kind for that. Am, am I? So, so you're saying it didn't feel like a gift when I gave you something that already belonged to you. Let, let me ask you a question. How would you feel if I took these and gave them to Clint? How, how would you feel if I, how would you feel if I took them down to my local pawn shop and said, "Give me whatever you want"? 
I would be perturbed. You'd be you'd be perturbed. <laughs> be unhappy. Displeased. Displeased. So, um, well, the, since these go ahead and take those back with you since they belong to you. They were very helpful, by the way. And oh, by the way, uh, yeah, you can use the bag if you want. I'm okay. You don't want the gold glittery bag? <laughs> so he, he called me because, oh, by the way, he makes his living with these, okay? And he called me last night and said, if you're done with those, um, I, I, I need them back. So please offer them to me in the morning. That's not what he said. What would you say? Bring them. Bring them. You know why? Because they're already his. Have a seat. Some of you just got really, really uncomfortable because I challenged you with the idea that if we're going to follow Christ, that God's way is to offer him what's already his throughout all of Scripture. Mm, I, I don't I don't, I don't know if I can do that, Dwayne. You probably can't. Especially if you did it, if you do it or try to do it, like Don and I did when we first got married. See if this looks familiar with anybody, okay? Um, these, let's, let's pretend this is my income, okay? Um, it's, it's $200 in $20 bills, okay? I never carry this much cash. I had to go to the ATM. <laughs> I, I, you know, if I can't swipe it, I don't need it, I guess. Is what I mean. All right, so, uh, so let's, let's say this represents my, my income. And so when, when it got time to, to decide where this went, here's how we used to do it. Well, a, a good chunk of us going to the mortgage, so, so there it is. And we're going to, you know, we're going we're gonna to pay our tithes, but, you know, we got to, well, let's see, we got we to gotta pay for the car and put gas in it, so let's make sure we do that and we got to buy groceries, so that's, Dwayne eats a lot, so let's make sure there's, there's that. And, oh, my goodness, there's the, the, the car insurance, and then there's utilities, and, well, God, there's nothing left. Nothing left. But some time ago, we stopped doing that. And listen, please, please hear me. You guys know me, and you know that I'm, I'm not saying this to, to pat Dwayne on the back and say, oh, come be holy like we are, because we miss it a lot, okay? I am telling you that we have used this principle. We have practiced this principle, and God's way works. So let's, here's my income. And Y'all, I, I don't want you to get legalistic with this, but I am. And... and I'm so passionate about this because it's just transformed our, not just our not just our finances, our life. I believe that this principle is a key to blessing. I really, really do. So <laughs> this is how I mean. I get Kathy will come in and she'll write my check and leave it on my desk. And Friday before I leave, I'll I'll deposit it with my phone. Anybody do that? Y'all use your phone for deposit. Okay, so it usually hits my bank on Saturday morning. And y'all listen, I don't want nothing coming out of that until I get on lifepointchurch.cc, bottom left-hand corner, <laughs> just in case. Donate, Jeff. Donate, Jeff. Thank you. God, this is yours. And I'm giving you that first. First. 
before anything else, before we buy groceries, before we pay our mortgage, before anything else. God, this is yours first. And then it looks like this. Well, we got to pay our mortgage, and we got to pay utilities, and we got to put gas in the car, and we got to pay the car payment, and we got to buy insurance and groceries. There's always something left over. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't work on a spreadsheet. It just works. I don't know how to explain it. It just, yes, I do, God's way. It just does. And some of you guys are, are, can testify to the fact that God's way works. So how do you, if, if God wants the first fruits, what does that look like? You know, if you got 10 $20 bills, what does that look like? The first thing that leaves your hand ought to belong to God. Y'all like this. It just works. The first thing that leaves your hand ought to belong to God. I got two amens, but that's all right. And here's, here's what people want to say. Tithing is under the law, and we're not subject to the law any longer. Sounds like a pretty good argument, doesn't it? But aren't you glad there's some parts of the law that we still pay attention to? Things like murder and adultery. And what would you, tell, what would you say if I told you that this principle preceded the law by 2,500 years? Have you heard the story of Cain and Abel in Genesis where Cain brought an offering and God rejected it? And uh, Abel brought an offering and God accepted it. Have you ever wondered why? Well, it's in the Bible if you'll read it carefully. Genesis chapter 4 says, When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he didn't accept Cain and his gift. Look at, look at carefully. Cain presented some of his crops. Abel presented the best of the first. This principle's been around for a long, long time. Do you know why? Because it works. Because it honors God. <laughs> you, you, ought to, you ought to read the stories of the Exodus and how God miraculously delivered his children from Israel, from Egypt. And, and here's, there's this passage where, where God says, listen, when your kids want to know why you're doing this, why you're giving, us, give, giving your God the, the first part of your herd, remind them that you've been redeemed and God set you free. I hope somebody asks me, Dwayne, why would you be so silly as to give 10% of your income before you do anything else, because God, by his mighty hand, delivered me and set me free, and I want to honor him and obey him. <laughs> and I'm just going to tell you, y'all, because I walk down this path, if you wait till you can afford to do it, you never do it. It's like this. If you waited to have children till you could afford to have children, there'd be no babies here. Why do you think Jesus said these words? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Yeah. See, listen, a preacher didn't connect your heart to your money. Jesus did. Yeah. 
Do you understand that God operates by those same principles, by the way? Aren't you glad that when you came to him in your sin, that God didn't say, listen, I'll forgive you. But first, you need to clean up your act. You need to, you need to get off them drugs. You need to quit running around with loose women. You, you need to, you know, stay out of hooters. You, you do all that stuff. You get your stuff first, and then I'll, I'll forgive you. It's not what he did, though, is it? Romans 5 and 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us. In this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He did it first. And so how? That's how I honor God. That's how I. Because, you know, I remember when, 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 I, when I operate in obedience, I remember why I do it. I don't do it because, oh, preacher's going to get mad. I don't, listen, you're not hurting me. And, and, and oh, by the way, I'm going to say this with as much compassion and concern as I can. If, if you think that I'm just up here trying to coerce you so we can, you know, pad our account or we can, you know, build something or we can do something or we can pay somebody else. If you think that that's why I'm doing it, look at me. And I mean this with every fiber of my being. Keep it. Keep it. Because that's not, that's not my heart. And you all know me by now. That's not my heart. My heart is for you. I'm telling you this because I love you. And I want to see you blessed. And I want to see you walking in God's favor. And God's way works. It just does. So here's the fourth question. It's the God question. Is God speaking to me? Lord, what would you have me do? And that might be a great way to end this service. Maybe while Donna comes, she's going to play on the keyboard there. Maybe that'd be a great prayer for you to pray today. Lord, what would you have me do? Now, I'm going to do something. We hadn't done this in a couple years. I told them in the prayer room, I said, I might should have ran this by the leadership team, but I didn't. A couple years ago, here's what we did. We said, listen, you commit to a 90-day tithe challenge, and you do this for 90 days, a biblical first fruits tithe for 90 days. If at the end of 90 days, you're not blessed you don't consider yourself blessed as a result of your obedience and plugging into this 90-day tithe challenge if you're not blessed listen kathy will write you a check back she looked at me with big eyes what i'm saying is we'll give you money back listen we've done this how many times on maybe four times and ask me how many checks we've had to write zero i've been in ministry parts of four decades 90s 2000 2010 now we're in 2020s and listen to me i've never never heard anybody say this you know what i plugged into god's plan for my finances and i've been tithing biblically giving him the first fruits of my increase and it was an awful idea not one do you know why god's way works it just does and here's what i want for you i want you blessed 
And so I'm, I'm putting this challenge out in front of you. Listen, don't, I, I, I'm not going to twist your arm. It's a challenge. It's a principle and that I'm asking you to consider living by, not, not so you can just, and, and I, here's what I started to do, and the old Dwayne would have done this. I started to go, Mikey, let's wait till the end to take the offering because I'm going to have this sermon and it's all going to be about tithes. And the, listen, I, I don't want to twist your arm. I, I don't want to dangle some carrot in front of you. Here's what I want to do. I want to see you blessed and I want to see you operating by the principles that God instituted. And it works. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If, if you can respond, I'll do this to one of two questions. Another, the first question is, will you start tithing today? I'll commit to the 90-day tithe challenge. Then I want you to check that box on the back of your connection card. I'll, I'll do this today. Or, and oh, by the way, if you're watching online, go to lifepointchurch.cc, bottom left-hand corner, says connection card. There's a comment section at the bottom of that. All you got to say is, I commit to the 90-day uh, tithe challenge. Now, here's the other pe- people that need to connect, that need to check this box. Perhaps you fall into that category that, you know, when you, you bring your offering to the Lord, it's, you're giving him what's left over. But I'm going to challenge you to bring God a first fruits tithe and just watch him work. So if for either one of those reasons, you say, Dwayne, I, I believe what you said today, and I believe that God's, and I'm listening to God. God, what would you have me do? If, in fact, that's the prayer we need to pray right now. And, and listen, I want you to respond to God, not to Dwayne. So let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, God, I thank you for the principle of the first fruits tithe that you taught me years ago. And God, I thank you for the blessings that I've seen as a result of you being true to your word and pouring out blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Not, not that I've got the nicest house in town or drive the nicest car. But God, I look back over my life and I, I'm blown away by how you've blessed this man. So God, thank you for, thank you. And God, I, you know the conviction of my heart. And you know why I'm sharing what I'm sharing today. So God, I pray for these that are listening, that are here in this room, that are watching online that would say, yes, I will accept a challenge. And the only reason I'm doing this is because, God, you you put it in your book. Test me. Try me. So, God, I pray that many will say, yes, I'm going to plug into God's way. I'm going to do things God's way because I believe that God's way works. And maybe there's someone here today, somebody watching online, not living for you. They're far from you. And God, I, I, I pray before, before money is even in the, in the picture, God, that you'd capture our heart. And God, if there's somebody here, somebody watching that hasn't surrendered their life to you completely and totally, God, I pray that today would be the day that they would ask you to come in their heart, ask you to live in their life, and they would follow you from this day forward. We love you, Lord. 
And we thank you for blessing. We thank you for this principle. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I want you to give the Lord an ovation of praise for his goodness, his grace, and his mercy. He's good. Amen. You still love me? Okay, good, good, good. Y'all have a great afternoon.